0: all right we're doing it it's happening episode number seven you've made it the jeff hilliard show where you basically take your midlife crisis and you go all in you lean into narcissism all the way all the way guy's doing a memoir like he's never even done anything really but that's all you do now is you just talk about yourself 24 hours a day tommy i mean <laughs> this is great uh, my uh as you know, my unpaid diversity hire intern uh, is in Utah, so I have my other Ed McMahon in training filling in. Tommy hey, is here. This is really wonderful. Uh, he's, we're going to do an exciting episode. Uh, it was mental health week last week, so it's time for me to jump into mental health. Now, you all know that I've I was dropped on my head really hard. I had the frontal lobe damage. Uh, I have chronic anxiety and chronic depression. as you know, I have no hope and I can't stop thinking about it. And that's <laughs> why would you? <ya?
1: laughs>
0: and so we're going we're getting into it, folks. Uh, my good friend, uh, Dave, is fucking awesome, and he wants to know all about the Good life music video. And I feel what a better time to talk about mental health and then like how the Good life music video came. To be, And if you haven't seen this, I, I, would, I would imagine if you're listening to this, you would definitely have seen the Good Life music video. If not, I basically become this unbelievably awesome homeless lunatic, and it, the song's beautiful, and it's a great music video. You should definitely check it out. So let's get into how this went down. So about, it's a lot to take in right off the bat. Whew. Uh, Jeff, let's do this. Excuse it's me. I had slow. To, to burp, to burp a little bit. That's how you start <laughs> a fucking podcast. That's,
1: that's how you start a good story. Yeah, no good <laughs> story starts without a good burp at the beginning of it. You can really you get that anxiety tum-tum yeah. right at the beginning.
0: Like mm. this this is I'm ready for prime time. Okay. okay. <laughs> let's let's do it. Let's get into this. So, let's take it all the way back. So, what happened was I went through a very a traumatic situation. This is probably not going to be that humorous, but this will be helpful if If you've gone through some kind of trauma and you're like, what are you going to do with this? How do you take a nightmare situation, uh, figure out a way to cathartically heal yourself, then while making some sort of artistic thing that people love that you end up then getting hired to do other jobs? Not that that was the, the, the game plan, but that's just my process of how I... That's why I'm a creative person because I'm, I'm basically a very flawed train wreck and so I don't end up on a tower shooting people or doing something terrible. I've channeled that into creative stuff or not self-destructive drinking and doing the drugs, which I did well. I just got to a point where I had to retire from it. Tommy's helping me out because I'm vicariously living through his drinking, which is beautiful.
1: I unretired. <laughs> I'm back. I'm like Michael Jordan. I love it. Like I switched I it. to baseball for a little while and then came back. Came back to basketball, another yeah. dynasty. You got- <laughs> I wasn't very good at baseball, but I'm really good at basketball.
0: It's good. You got to have skills. Yeah. You got you to know your lane they pay you got to own it. Yes. You're like Post Malone, Carl Malone, the mailman. They should have a show together, Post Malone and Carl Malone. The Malones. Yeah, and they fucking deliver mail.
1: Hey, Post, what you doing?
0: <laughs> Nothing, Carl, what's up?
1: <laughs> uh, I don't know. Mail doesn't <laughs> deliver on Sunday.
0: Be, that's, that, that's, it, that's the world we live in. That would be like a reality show. The, that would be the mailman be, and they have like a competition. Like who's the fucking better mailman. Yeah.
1: I mean the Kardashians have, they're yeah. done. So they left a, you know, a power that's, vacuum to be filled.
0: That's where it's at.
1: We need some, some Pitching good old shitty shows, cultural corpophilia, <laughs> you know, anyway, brain injury. We got, off okay. track. Oh yeah. Oh yeah.
0: <laughs> Mental health problems. Okay. So what happened was I fell into this life of, uh, I didn't want to, I didn't want to travel. I wanted to stay in town and just focus on making my ridiculous videos. I, uh, I fell into this job. I was going to get a job delivering groceries. I went and did the interview, low-level job. The guy was like, a, he's like, you're overqualified for this. I'm like, what are you out of your mind? I'm, this is perfect. Uh, I'm going to call you Monday for the schedule of calls. Doesn't happen. I don't get the phone call. I got to dinner with some friends. A friend of mine was like, well, dude, we need a driver at this fancy rehab. And it wasn't too far from where I live. And I'm like, I got fucking, I was like, okay, I could do that. I get hired. Now I'm like working at fancy rehab as a driver. It's kind of entertaining. You're dealing with fucking lunatics, beautiful people, which I relate to drug addicts, alcoholics, some of life's <laughs> finest gems, great conversations. It's never a dull moment. I and need I'm,
1: smoothies and equine therapy right now. Otherwise, I'm not going to be able to stop using Xanax.
0: That's right. Yeah. <laughs> Taking them to therapy classes. You know, th- I was like a fun guy. So they I got the job where I would take him to movies on Sunday nights and do all this sort of stuff. So I fell into doing uh, sober companion work. And uh, that's one of these things you're basically – it's like the movie The Toy. If you ever seen that, where Richard Pryor is like a janitor, and the little rich kid goes, "I want that for Christmas," and so you basically you're like like a rag doll for someone of of means, and you're basically a babysitter, fun person, safe person. There's an entire team of people involved, and the sober companion is basically you were just you're just going to take on a lot of of their trauma and stress and then you're reporting back to the therapist the case manager the the psychotherapist like the whole team it's a log you're a reporter but then you're like a safe fun person you're usually trying to manage in really intense situations keeping everyone calm making things happen hope you know being safe all that sort of stuff uh it's a really bizarre world that i fell into and apparently I was really good at it. I was a fun companion. People liked to work with me. Uh, I've had a lot of success with the clients uh, going on and being successful. So that's a population that's very dangerous. A lot of people end up going to uh, the world of rehabs and recovery because statistically a lot of them don't make it. It's, it's a lot of tragedy as well. It's a, uh, it can be a very dark world. It's, it's a heartbreaking job. It's a heartbreaking job. Yeah. So I had this client, 22 years old. Love this guy. Uh, I was now I evolved into being a companion. I'm working. This is a different rehab, and uh, I try to keep leaving that world. And I would make some money, and I would make one of my songs and videos, you know, doing all that sort of stuff. So this kid, a fr- the case manager, showed him one of my music videos, "Balls," which is I'm a transvestite hooker. The lyrics are really lovely. Uh, they go blowing up like AIDS in the '80s. Uh, creeping out daily, my balls, your mouth, let's do this. Leading, it's leading the pack for the social justice warriors. (laughs) Exactly, I was way ahead of the curve. You're breaking the mold. Yeah, I was way ahead of all of you. Uh, It's okay. Uh, and I was doing satire, which no one knows what that means anyway. Anyway, because the whole world is satire. This word this word's satire. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I what don't is, know what it is. the fuck it is. Well, it was an art. Anymore. It used to be an art form years ago, where you would play, where you would do exaggerated, ridiculous characters trying to make a point. But now that's not. That's just normal yeah, life. Now, now
1: it's just called the evening news. <laughs> it's just,
0: yeah. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> it's terrible. So this awesome, fucking love this guy. This guy was highly intelligent, very funny, um, got the joke, was so much fun to hang out with. He took a liking to me. We really hit it off. We had so much fun together. Uh, you know, and a lot of the other techs and stuff were like, they were envious because I'm having a lot of fun at work and we're having fun together and they want that job, you know. So well, I'm, I'm a, doing the companion gig with him for a while. Um, he does a detox. We do all this stuff. Uh, some of the, it became a thing where, uh, they, they wanted some to time. The, the treatment team felt like, you know, two days off for me, and they tried to put other people, but he, didn't, he wasn't into what they were doing. What, who cares? But anyway, he wasn't upset. He was upset by that. So he's in a sober living, which is not as a lot of uh, rules and regulations and people watching you as the regular rehab. Uh, what happened is he ended up relapsing. He went and bought a bunch of Roxies, and he's doing them in the sober living. And so there's all these texts. and No one no one notices this for two days. So I come back to work. He's always uh, sickly, doesn't feel well. So every afternoon he takes a nap. So I show up to the the work in the afternoon. I go check on him. I mean, I'm here. He's like, oh, goes back to sleep. Well, dude, I don't know what he was fucking when he did or whatever. or He'd been on a full-on run. But then the, uh, the tech that was working goes up to give him his meds, and she freaks out. And so I go up there and tragedy he uh he had od'd and was dead and i ended up doing cpr on him for you know first was like call 911, you know then i did cpr on him for like 20 minutes and then the other companion was there so we switched off back and forth unbelievable the worst day of my life or uh, tragedy on, on on you couldn't even imagine it um so but apparently if you have this much contact with a with a dead body it, it really fucks you up. Uh, it's uh, the experience is so intense it totally throws off your neurological you know structure or whatever, and you keep reliving the experience over and over again. And it's such a tragedy that it changes you for the rest of your life. It's a nightmare. So, and it was and it was devastating because there are a lot of terrible people that if they would have died, the world would have been a better place. Mm. This kid was the was couldn't have been fucking this guy was the best. That's why it even makes it even much more difficult. And then he had his family is, was also unbelievable. They are amazing people. So, um, not to go into all the detail of all this stuff. So this experience was obviously a nightmare. Uh, so I was in what I learned. I was in traumatic shock for a couple months. I worked with a crisis management counselor. Uh, I was like, it was, I don't even know how to describe it. Your psyche. So off. So, I remember I met with her. I had to go to the, this office. Uh, she kind of asked me all these crazy questions. Like, do you know that you're still alive? I'm like, what the fuck is going
1: on here? Yeah. yeah you get into that fog. Yeah. You don't like, know I what's don't going know on. I don't know if I'm alive or if I'm dead.
0: Well, I, I knew you constantly
1: you are thinking about it.
0: I knew that yeah. I was alive. I just was like the, but I, could, the, I couldn't stop reliving the trauma. Uh, the, the, there's a trauma loop that just kept going over and over again. The experience. I couldn't get it to stop. The most, so you're constantly in fight or flight it's, you're having an anxiety attack, panic attacks all day long. Uh, at nighttime, I would, you'd I'd get home and I would be so exhausted. Then I would, I would wake up in the middle of the night with the most intense, realistic nightmare ever, reliving the same experience, but sometimes different scenarios, but the same kind of intensity. And um, so this is going to be helpful for people that have had any kind of stress or terrible stuff, what have you, since this was so extreme. So I, I was like... Uh, you know, what, am I ever going to be able to fix my brain? Am I ever be normal again? This, this, and that. And so she goes, look, you. This is like I go. So like if this was like I was in Iraq or something, I'm a, a, a soldier, and the guy next to me gets blown up. Is it like that? And she goes, actually, it's worse because they they've trained for that, they're prepared for that. That so that could be a possibility. You're not. This is not part of what you know. Whatever. It's not within your, your,
1: your realm of like what you may be facing on Yeah, I'm not really –
0: didn't yeah. think that this is – I'm just like the fun guy you're hanging out with while you're at the like, – Come uh, on in.
1: Be a sober sober yeah. companion. It's going to be great. You yeah. may have to give CPR to a dead body. <laughs>
0: to a dead body, yeah. yeah. You know, you're, you're, I'm the fun guy. We're going to movies together. We're going to take an AA meetings or whatever 12-step program they're into, uh, getting to their appointments and back. Just like a, a it's a light, fun situation. And sometimes the people that you're working with could be – dealing with multiple level of uh, psychic di- diagnosis. you could be dealing with borderline personality disorder, whatever. There's all sorts of stuff. It's a whole fascinating world. I learned a lot about the human condition. So she was basically broke me broke down like no this is actually worse. Now I'm I'm really terrified because if you' ever seen like uh, in then uh, movies of like there's like documentaries where these guys have sh- shell shock where they have uncontrollable movement of like their limbs and stuff because they have trauma inside them that wants to get out. So I had that going on. Uh, I'm like, just fucking blow my head off. I'm like, this, I'm. It's a living hell. And I'm like, how do I fix my brain? She goes, there's five things you can do. Uh, one of them is meditation. That's good. Which I was already kind of doing anyway. Exercise, which I normally did anyway. Mm-hmm. Uh, I had a support group. I was involved in a twelve step program. I had a huge, you know, a, a life of that as well. The uh, fourth thing was. Uh, you have a creative outlet, which I did. I was like, great. I do all these like stupid songs and videos and whatever. And I think it's, it's massage. Human touch helps you come out of like a uh, like pa- panic anxiety attack. So if you're in a situation in life, you're under a lot of stress, you have like maybe constant chronic anxiety, depression, whatever, all five of those things will help you evolve and heal the trauma inside your whole thing. So I think we covered that really well. That's where I was at. It was just so you understand the the insanity of it. For like nine months, I would have anxiety attacks all day long. Like, fuck! It was a nightmare. Being out in public, I couldn't focus on anything. Everything was too overstimulating. I I would I would be walking or driving, and I think someone would be yelling my name. I was questioning my sanity. Like I was, I was, I was gonna. I thought I was gonna be. On the street, screaming and yelling at people. We're not—we're th-
1: not authorities on many things, but <laughs> <no>. <laughs> extreme anxiety and trauma, we're authorities on that. Yeah, I would consider <laughs> a, <laughs> it's, it's a Live shitty club to be a part of. Yes,
0: but. not good. So, a lot of positive stuff came out of this. There is hope. Um, I, had, I was doing—I was very lucky because I was in the recovery world, and when this happened, so I was around professionals to help get me through this. Dealing with insurance, all that stuff was like. Unbelievable nightmare. So one of the things I was doing, I was going to meet with a guy. I did EMDR with a uh, professional that works with like military people that are come back from the war, this and that. Uh, that was very helpful as well. But on my way there, I remember just, I had a difficult time because I had obviously suicide ideation, which is something I've had my whole life, Oh yeah, which means at any moment I could just kill myself and that would be okay. Like think about that as a realistic thing. Thinking about how could I end my life where it doesn't seem like it was an accident, so it wouldn't cause that much. I mean, that's terrible, and I, I've I've evolved out of all of that. But that's where my I was because the intrusive nightmare of this, this trauma loop that won't fucking end. But you got to you got to
1: acknowledge that yes. to be able to move past it.
0: Yes. So yeah. the EMDR. So I went and did that, and on my way there, I had to like I needed anything positive to hold on to. So mm. I googled, um, a positive. Characteristics of something going through like a trauma experience. I was so desperate. I'm like, barely anything. Can anything be positive with this? Yeah. Can I hold on to it? So I'm in my car and I can barely drive anywhere, which as I learned I wasn't supposed to be driving. So I'm watching this video with like this corny music and it was basically broke down the whole thing. Like, if you're someone who's gone through an extremely traumatic thing where you have PTSD, and this is something like what this means when you have PTSD is like you were violently raped you witnessed a murder in front of you, like something really extreme out of the normal life experience. If like your order was fucked up at like a drive through you don't have PTSD from that. It was probably a stressful, unfortunate situation. But we're talking like, you can't stop living the trauma and Something it's that not splits
1: your life in two. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's, Where it's like, it's pre this and yeah. post this. And there's like a clear delineation yeah.
0: line before Christ, after Christ, before PTSD. I mean like it, the ultimate PTSD. Changed, really. Yes, it, <laughs> <laughs> it, it fucked my whole world up. So for example, I, after the experience, I would watch a movie and I wouldn't know that I'd seen it before. I was never watch a movie again because I already knew everything that was going on. I had an extremely amazing memory. Uh, then I went to the place where I would be in the middle of a story and I wouldn't remember how to finish it. Then I got to the point where I wasn't able to pronounce certain words, which I still struggle with. I, I was stuttering. Uh, it, was, it was frightening. I, I was barely hanging on. So the EMDR was very helpful. That, that, that th- oh, the, the message behind the video was that because you've experienced something so far outside the normal human experience that you will then have a deeper compassion for humanity and other people. And that's the that's the video for the good life. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and that was it. Yeah. <laughs> that a, was like the deep a, compassion. The yes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so as a creative person as a character actor and to do all that stuff in order to you know, just in life in general, do you I'm a highly sensitive person as it is being an addict, I hear things are, are more sensitive, lights more intense. That they've done studies where people that are become alcoholics and stuff. That's usually the case. They're usually really good as creative people because you're you're hypersensitive to things. A normal person's not going to obsessively think about something or work on something. So that was a key to hang on to, to get me through all this. That like, okay, this could be a good thing because now I have a deeper human experience in a sense that like every spiritual journey, not that I'm Buddha or something or, but like you're able to have- Buddha deep, adjacent. Yeah. Like yeah. Buddha, like Buddha with a mullet. I'm, I'm doing those. <laughs> Well, so I'm, I'm the second coming to Christ. Yeah. I mean, you guys all. I mean, I've already told you I was Q. Duh. So now I'm like, look at him. Geez, look at that sweet swimmer's body. Jesus is back yeah. <laughs> with a mullet. Jesus is no. party
1: in the back. <laughs> Jesus Business actually did have front. a mullet.
0: A lot of people didn't know. There's a whole conspiracy about that, dude. So, I, I think I, I heard <laughs> that in a yin TED yin.
1: Talk once. <laughs> I read I did, that I did, Dan Brown's sequel to uh, to the da Vinci, da Vinci Code. It was the Billy Ray Cyrus. Code. And they
0: suppressed <laughs> it. They suppressed the mullet. Yeah. They fucking like they, they made it like they the CIA made uh Joe dirt they created uh Billy Ray Cyrus That's misinformation <laughs> yeah that is they, a they misinformation made a campaign. dark situation where people don't want to have a mullet because then you're stupid yeah. and all that sort That's of stuff it's the greatest
1: cover up in the history of the Catholic Church it really is. all the all the other cover ups don't compare <laughs> yeah to rocking giving rockin them the J. fucking yeah 100 percent it's up it's me JC motherfucks. <laughs> and it's actually not wine for the communion it's BLs
0: yeah yeah hundred percent okay back okay yes. so now we're on we covered that and that was in the first episode the perfect midlife crisis we talked about the mullet conspiracy which is good so i'm sorry if i've rehashed that tree folks but you should know about this it's very important but That's why mullet. we're tying it all back in bring it all back together okay so then so during this crazy period of time one of my friends who i uh is amazing uh jordy uh uh you jordy white twiggy for maryland was Marilyn manson he was a nine inch nails he was in perfect circle Brilliant, genius, creative guy. So years ago, my girlfriend, at the time when I would, did my very first song and video, she was a musician, and she, I told her what I wanted to do. as a, a comic comedian, and I uh, told her I wanted to do like these satirical songs and blah, 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 make these crazy videos. And she goes, you need to know. She goes, I don't know how you're going to do this, but because she knew Jordi from years earlier, and she goes, you two guys should work together because you guys have a similar sense of humor. And so that was kind of the back of my mind. And then years later... I'd done some more songs and videos and then this tattoo artist friend of mine was getting a tattoo and she goes, there's a guy, she knew the songs and videos I was doing. She goes, there's a guy that comes in here. He's a nine inch nails. He's like, uh, you guys have a similar sense of humor. You guys should totally be working together. Then cut to a few years later, I ended up, we had mutual friends and we ended up becoming friends. And, uh, then this other, uh, friend of ours showed, he showed him his vid, our videos and stuff. And, uh, I guess he liked him. I, you know, was into him. And then, so... We talked about, like, like we should do a song together. And he was like, dude, I just had the most intense deja vu ever. And so that was the birth of us doing, to get up to speed, how we got together to do uh, whatever. So we're hanging out. Uh, and then I, th- I can't remember which one of us came up with a hook. Probably him. He's fucking genius. So we came up like, this, this is a good life. And then we had this. We would send each other these, like, really terrible memes, terrible pictures, all sorts of stuff that – as a director, you create. You're always looking for visual references. So I'm just like constantly collecting crazy images. Uh, so we found this image where a homeless guy is getting a blowjob from this other guy in a car, and so basically that is the whole story behind the good life. Did and you find inspiration. that on, Get- on
1: Getty Images.
0: Yes. Actually, yeah. So this terrible, <laughs> this ridiculous uh, photo. Um, of this uh, guy, given, and we're and it, it was one of those photos that makes you ask a bunch of questions. Oh yeah, like how did this happen? How did this homeless guy end up getting a car with this guy, and then how does it end up being a blowjob? And then who the fuck's there taking a photo? Why is the lighting so good? Why yeah. is the framing the he's all seen? No, just, it wasn't. It wasn't like high fashion. But that <laughs> would have be, been amazing. <laughs> but uh, so th- it just it was like it was so ridiculous. So so then I basically was like, I wanted to do a song from that character's point of view. Because actually that was my biggest fear was I was going to become that. So back up a little bit. So a friend of mine, after this happened, was is recording an album. I'm helping him out doing like running errands and stuff. Uh, I'm taking some music equipment back to like a, a place. I'm in the elevator and this lady, I'm having like, I'd have anxiety attacks all day long and I'm just like sitting there and she looks at me and she's like, are you all right? Are you going to be okay? And that really freaked me out because I wasn't able to, even be in public without someone like going, dude, you're, you don't look well. Like, like, what are you, the cops? <laughs> no, Fuck like, you. You, like, <laughs> what did you do? Like, you, like it doesn't look stable. Yeah. It doesn't look good. It's not and a good, it's, like, it's not a healthy look. Yeah, like, yeah. you, you look like you need help. Why are you so sweaty and pale right yeah. now? <laughs> the hell's going on in your head? Did you, just, you know, so I came, I was, you know, full tram, trauma loop. I was freaked out because I was like, holy shit, I'm not going to be able to hold down a job. I can't even maintain it in public. Everything was like overwhelming, like a nightmare. And so I had this fucking loop in my head of like fear porn, like just creating all these crazy snares that I'm going to end up on the street as a homeless person. And it's, you know, it's a living, I'm just going to be, cause I was also, I couldn't control my temper. I would end up yelling at people and stuff, which I was, I'm a mild mannered person, which is not, that's an unnormal thing for me to be doing. So I was, uncontrollably crying, thinking I wanted to kill myself, didn't know what to do, and I did like you do and recovery stuff. I started writing out all the stuff in my head, all the fear, and, uh, and that was my biggest fear. So basically doing the good life was I became my biggest fear, which was a maniac homeless person on the street that just didn't couldn't, you know, out of control crazy. I think it's the biggest fear was not having high thread count sheets. No, that, I <laughs>
1: that, mean, that is a genuine yeah fear.
0: sleeping on there i'm not that cool so um so then the process of uh, so we record the song we were like i my, my cinematographer john orphan who's fucking brilliant he the uh, where he used to live was a guy who did music it, it looked like the movie seven like this we, we kind of laid down the beginning of it uh then we record the rest of it at my friend martin johnson's house who Kyle Mormon. Who you know, who's fucking so brilliant, is just this guy is fucking the best. I should say a little about Kyle. Kyle is so great. So there was a, I met Kyle. I was going to record this uh, song. I had a, to get a song mixed. I had three hundred fifty dollars in my wallet. I'm at the gym. Someone breaks into my locker and steals the three hundred fifty dollars and uh, my phone. Bad day. That's so real bad day. It's a real bad day. That's a real bad day. So then I run into Kyle at the Starbucks. I tell him what happened. And uh, he's like, I'll do it. I'll mix it for you. Like, like, like who this like, is the coolest guy Kyle's ever. Kyle's a good dude. Yeah. Like, what the fuck? He just, like it was, I looked at this guy. and went, what a fucking great guy. Like, I can't believe this. Like, what a nice guy. And then I told him the song I want to do, which was Balls. And he was like, I'll do it. And he did this for fun. And we record this like four hours. He actually wrote a couple of lines that were fucking brilliant. Uh, Kyle, uh, he like, you know, produced Balls, The Cocktail Heels, and The Good Life, with Jordy helped with The Good Life as well. So then uh, we're Trifecta. at... Yeah, brilliant. Love love him more than anything. Mo- so much respect for this guy. Uh, so we re- we're finished recording uh, at Martin's house because Kyle was working with him on an album. Uh, Martin helped me, like, gave me feedback how to make the song better. So The Good Life is done. The song is great. So now I'm going to make the music video. So... All of my music videos are usually character-driven. Usually the song is character-driven. I become the character, make the song, and then make a video around the character. So in order to prepare for that, because now I'm like I'm like Christian Bale of music videos, which is like, yeah. this is a little much, right? <laughs> So I'm on an all-juice diet. I get down to 160 pounds. I went from, like, normally weigh around 190, 190, so I lost, like, 30-some pounds. I grew a beard out for about eight or nine months, like, full neck beard. I looked crazy i remember that i had people come up to me like are you is everything okay i hadn't seen me well because i just look crazy like legit crazy i'm making a music video yeah. about
1: my anxiety y- yeah
0: yeah just what i, I, mean, I would never tell yeah. anyone that I, no, I, don't. I would never i've <laughs> never even told anyone that that was what was behind it you're getting it here on the jeff hilliard show uh behind the behind the music video of who is this guy <laughs> <laughs> so the positive thing is you have mental health and this stuff. This is what I did to help, one of the part of me helping heal my trauma. The Cock That Heals, I made that music video basically through this trauma. I did that right after, like a month, two months afterwards. I was literally in traumatic shock making that music video. Uh, so, so we got, start to shoot the, the 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 good life. How I got the look, Lainey, who at the time was uh, this Jordy's girlfriend, they ended up getting married, Years later, they're not married anymore, but they're fucking, both of them are fantastic, brilliant people. Uh, Lainey is a special effects makeup artist. So she made, we made the teeth. I got, I bought these contact lenses. So my eyes look dilated. I already look fucking fantastic. I I made the clothes by making them in tea and she told me to put them in tea and I got this like fake dirt and I put it all, you know, put the whole look together, got myself a shopping cart, loaded up with a bunch of crazy stuff, props. And uh, then we go out and we get ready to start shooting the music video. And usually when you do like, like a real music, music video you see has like a production value. And uh, I, I mean a real production. They have a whole team of people doing it. All of my videos are basically just me and my cinematographer, John. So when you see the final product, I don't know if a lot of people have any idea what's going on. But usually you're watching a music video. It probably had a budget of anywhere from 25000 to a million dollars. So there's a whole team of people, all this stuff going on. I'm making a video that looks as good as that, or hopefully better, with no budget. Gorilla. all the way, aggressive, chimpanzee and, videos. Yeah, making it better than all you fucking cunts with all your money, all your resources, and I'm st- I'm better than you. That's what you do, narcissism. You got it all the way. I'm the greatest. I'm God the best. Right. Dig all the I'm way. I'm a creative genius. I'm the greatest entertainer that the world's ever seen that no one knows about. Jesus. <laughs> wow. So shooting the music video. So now we're ready to go. So how I'd work was John is a legitimate, awesome cinematographer, and so I have to work around his schedule. So whenever he's available is when we go shoot. Uh, and so we had a lot of fun shooting. The great thing about just working with one other person is you don't have an entire crew of people to go set stuff up, and we're completely stealing locations. Like this isn't, you know, obviously uh, – a real production they have to have permits and all this stuff and we're just fully guerrilla and this was it when the DSLR we could people were shooting videos with it so it, you could it didn't know that you were using it just like we were taking pictures or something Very yeah yeah and then we do like different lens and everything it was um it was great and we we me and him work so well together cuz we've done enough videos that we're just kind of in sync and he knows that like uh, the first stuff we would shoot, it was a lot of me telling him let's shoot this and that, and him looking at me like I'm completely nuts. Mm-hmm. And then then we developed a rapport, and uh, and John has a lot of fucking great ideas, and he's just such a brilliant professional, I, I the, and has a similar sense of humor. So we had so much fun making these. Uh, there's a f- several interesting moments when we were shooting. There's at, at the beginning. Like when I'm taking a dump on top of a, a of a building, uh, I lived in a building and I didn't. This is what homeless people do because I can't go to the bathroom. So they would go on. I was at my. I just got sober. I was like, again, when I got sober, I gained a bunch of weight, and I was like trying to exercise, going up and down this apartment. I had like a, a, up and down the stairs, and this homeless guy passed me, and I'm like, where the fuck is that guy going? And then, and then, then I go All the way down, then I come back up, and then like he's putting his clothes back on or something. <laughs> and I'm like, What was that all about? To the bathroom, the yeah. yeah. So then I went on the roof and I saw that he had taken a dump. And I was like, Why would. And then a friend of mine, well, that's what they do is they, you know, they have nowhere to go. No one will let them go to the bathroom. So if they have a, there's a door open in an apartment building, they'll find their way to the roof so they can take a dump in, in peace and quiet. I was like, Oh, okay. I mean, that was like, I didn't know that that would be like, Oh, that's a scene we're going to shoot in a music video. <laughs> You got to get, I want it to be real. The goal is that you would see the music video and you would think it was like, is this a real homeless guy? Like, is this, what is this guy?
1: The world is your toilet.
0: Yeah. yeah. And, oh, I should say how I created the character. So what I do as, I am a professionally trained actor. I'm a, you know, you have to talk about how great you are. That's like, why you like can poo like on command on top of the apartment building. Exactly.
1: That's, you can cry on command What's or the, you can take a shit on command.
0: Like the actor studio where I'm just going on and on and on about like. So, Jeffrey, what was your message? Tell us.
1: How did you get into this character that took a big <laughs> well, steamy dump on top of an apartment
0: building? In real life. It came from a real life experience. But what do you do as an actor is I figure out the, I make the project the job on one of my videos. So basically, I am basically working for it's not about me, it's like whatever it needs. Uh as an actor, I my Method is I don't have a method. I make it as real as possible if I really am that person. I figure out the the, the energy of the character and then I allow myself to become it. So what I do is I watched a lot of homeless people for months, just like there's there's three different types of homeless people. There's like the guy who's, you know, just basically working on the panhandling. He's like the sympathy look, the whole thing, just trying to get money. There's that character. Then there's a person that's like the hard worker that's just doing the cans, like, Constantly out there, just trying to get cans and stuff. Doesn't not gonna, doesn't need your sympathy. He's there, They're their own business. We got man. the cardboard artist. We got yep. the hustler. Yep, and then you have um, <laughs> very green though. And very I cool. have actually, I have been homeless in life, so I also know that world somewhat. Uh, then there's like the lunatic that's just on, like performance art. They are putting on a show. They're on a different planet. Yeah, they feel invisible, and they're they're they could be. They could be schizophrenic. They could have they could have many different scenarios going on. A lot of people have like uh, trauma they've never dealt with, which was my biggest fear, was I was going to end up just out there screaming, and yelling at people and doing all sorts of insanity. Like dual diagnosis. Yeah, yeah, many things. So I observed that. I watched that. I figured out the energy. The walk came from on Christmas morning uh, years ago. I was uh, taking a left on Sunset and this beautiful Cadillac was in front of me, and it it turned around the corner, and then this homeless guy was strutting like it was like Staying Alive was playing. Like, he was just like... And it was... He had the whole swagger, and he's... And I was like, it probably I, was playing in his. And head. yes, and I, I, was like, it was like, it was like one that it was the sun just was coming up. It was so beautiful. It was like a, a scene in a movie. It's just that perfect justice position. Yeah. Yeah. And so that's where a lot of this stuff comes from is from real life, real expen- experiences that goes in the memory bank. And I was like, well, that's how this guy walks. He's got a strut to him. He is the fucking king of the world. He's the king of this in his world. He's fucking living the good life. He's fucking. He's the man. You know, and he's dealing with a lot of trauma and other stuff. He's got a lot of st- conflict going on within himself, whatever. So that was how I got the energy, how I got the walk. How I put the look together. Um, I, lay, I remember I was at the pool, like, constantly just getting as tan as I could. So I just looked like I would fucking been uh, weathered, you know. You got to have the look down. Should we link that video? Well, I mean, yeah, at the end. Or just go it. find it. Just, it's on YouTube. It's called The Good Life. Yeah, The Good Life Music. So you <laughs> Re-
1: you were really putting, you were really putting the all meth, in, you were putting the meth and method. Yes. Cool. Oh,
0: And then yeah. how I did the meth pipe, we burned sugar in the pipe. So it looked, and I was actually burning sugar and then I would take uh, a vape, like cig- cigarette. So I'd hold that in. And I'd breathe it out to give the idea of smoke. If you're trying to figure out how to do that as a video production, how to fake smoke meth. Yes. You heard it here first. There you folks. go. We did like, so I was smoking crack as well. So I had a, a crack pipe and you use almonds. You break that up and you pretend you're smoking that. Um, it was, we had so much fun doing that. I didn't want to stop shooting it. And, and they got to the point where John's like, that's it. That's it. We're done. Because you, oh. <laughs> you started to
1: get addicted to freebasing sugar. <laughs> You're like, I can't stop. Just do another take. Do another take. I need yeah, another hit of more.
0: more. Ah! Well, I, there's a lot of power in looking that crazy. So in between <sighs> like shots and stuff, I remember we were at a 7-Eleven. And I remember walking in there and people just got the fuck away. I mean, that is a power you've never experienced. It's like, right this way, sir. Like, just don't touch me. You know, I I looked terrible. I didn't smell that bad. It would have been great if I just <laughs> also instead dumped of getting, Instead of getting the white glove treatment, yeah. you get the
1: blue glove treatment. Like, just don't fucking touch him. Just, Stay out of his yeah. way. You're straight to the front of everything. That's yeah. how, if you're at Disneyland, you fuck it. a fast pass, shit your pants. You're on Space Mountain in forty five seconds.
0: Get yourself a good life outfit. You know, you, you make that with tea and you you just get the fake dirt, get that all over you. Freebase some sugar. You're perfect. You're gonna you're smoking dominating.
1: Oh I'm sorry, I thought this was America. We're not allowed to smoke almonds <laughs> in a crack pipe anymore. Yeah. And you change into your kookadookie like Wackadoo yeah. costume. Once you're inside Disneyland, mm-hmm. Fast Pass.
0: <laughs> no one's messing with you. No, they're out there. Well, out they of the would. Then you life. have to come up to be like, "Hey, man, I'm I'm a I'm a billionaire." Like, it's a bit. You dude. have to have a You have to have a Black American Express card. You pull it <laughs> and be like, "This does this say fuck off'?" That which is, just so you know, I, working in recovery, there are a lot of people that are their parent, they're billionaires, born into money, and that and that's how they go out in the world, looking like a homeless person. Oh, have you seen that? It's that's like all the
1: the, the the super high end. I think it's Kanye West sweatshirts Uh-oh. that he. It looks like they've been eaten by fucking rats, and they're like five thousand dollars. <laughs> wow, rich, joke, rich little assholes. That's a good joke. Yeah,
0: what a fashion's a good joke.
1: It's, it's a good thing we let them keep and all their money. <laughs> the good so life, yes. Oh, the good life, yes.
0: So. I so how we shot the the, in the video I jump on the car and I'm humping it that was during the the period of like they had the bath salt guy that remember he ate the guy's face and you had people jumping on cars <laughs> actually so I saw that on Franklin some guy jumped on a car which was amazing and uh so that's where that came from uh, how we shot that that wasn't obviously some people want not know if it happened and I just jumped on some car no it was I set up I had a we shot one, obviously from inside, and then one from outside. But obviously, we didn't have the traffic. wasn't It happened in real life, but it was the person's car knew that I was doing it. Uh, what else was interesting? you, oh.
1: you got to get consent before you hump anything. Yeah, exactly.
0: In today's world, back then it was a little more loose. But, but I did was, have what consent. What year was that? I did have consent. What year 2000. T- I don't know. Seven years ago.
1: 2013.
0: 2014. You were 2015. Pre,
1: you were pre-me too. Yeah. You were. You were. I
0: got consent from the vehicle. And the owner of the vehicle consent yeah. was cool. Exactly. Yeah,
1: doesn't matter what the vehicle's wearing.
0: That's how I roll. Got
1: to get consent before you and
0: fucking always, oldsmobile. Always got it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, an SUV. So okay, so now we are um, humping cars. We got those shots. Amazing. Uh, the another shot that was interesting. We were in the alleyway. So one of the things while I was shooting the the thing, I realized I I can't have just a crazy person. You want to make the character three-dimensional. You want to have it so you have some kind of empathy for the character. You want to see him do something empathetic or something so you actually kind of care for it. You realize it's not just a crazy monster. It's a, there's some human qualities to it. So we were in this alley. A Friends of mine that were these street artists that had the studio there, there was like a really narrow, cool alleyway that we shot with a wide-angle lens. I'm doing a performance stuff in there. And uh, this cat comes in. And at first I was like, "What? Well, you're, you're fucking up the shot." And then it was like, it was like the creative gods go, "Whoa, whoa, whoa! Here, here, this is a gift from the creative gods." Which is how some of the best stuff ever happens isn't necessarily planned. It's the universe goes, "How yeah, about this?" So I'm like, "This is fucking amazing." So then I'm, I'm like smoking the meth pipe and petting the cat, which was like, it was so, it was like the the screenwriting book, "Save the Cat." Yeah. <laughs> he's, he's look at this. He's like into cats, and he's you know. So that was beautiful, and then the funny thing about that was that the band Tool. This is where they have like their their practice space, and like Danny Carey, the drummer, was uh, was like leaving, and he's just like, "What the fuck is going on here?" (laughs) (laughs) And he is a he's a big guy, and like I'm like a super fan. I'm like, "Oh my god!" What the fuck? Yeah, he didn't. He just like looked at us really weird. I'm like, "Oh, just shooting. We got out of his way." And uh, but it was that was a funny moment of shooting the music video. So another thing that happened that was kind of interesting is what we called uh, John. And I called the Franklin March. We'd been shooting and we got back to his place, and uh, all the traffic was backed up on Franklin. And I'm like, "Oh, we got, we got to shoot this. I'll just, I'll run down the middle of it." And he was like, from his third, you know, his third story balcony, shot down. So I did this whole fucking march just in character. I got down to like just underwear on, put some. So in a shirt, and then I just went down there and fucking did the march, and it was so great because people in the cars were just like getting the fuck, fuck. out of the way, like you gonna like. Yeah. And we did we did it two times. I just went the whole march down, went back, and then did it again, and it was fucking beautiful. We did something where one time I was down Hollywood Boulevard. We we put the camera. That's probably the first time shopping cart. We 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 got the camera on the end of the cart. And then just spinning it around. We did it in a parking lot over there. And we also did it on Hollywood Boulevard, going around. And it's so great, dude. I'm telling you, at some point in your life, you have to go full homeless, go out in the world, and you have a power, like you have dirty homeless, like like feral animal. Oh, we shot, do oh my your God. Be,
1: do your best Charles Manson impression. Exactly. You start talking <laughs> to wackity smackity insanity.
0: That's what you got to do. Yeah. So we're in a Dodge Caravan, which you, you when you shoot stuff, it, cause you can, the window can go down. and mm-hmm. it's a it's tinted windows. So we're, we went down to Skid Row and I had like the guy that was driving was so scared. He was driving too fast. I'm like, I'm like, dude, slow down. And I'm the one in danger here. You fucking <laughs> jackass. <laughs> I'm the one in the, uh, and it was crazy. Like, you know, I had a guy like, what the, f-? he's like, what, who fucked you up? Like, what happened to you, man? Uh, it was pretty yeah, wild. That's how you
1: know you're doing a good job when somebody down on Skid Row is like, "Are, you, are you okay?" <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> but you know that if they would see you shooting or something, I could definitely get the you know like fucking get the shit beat out of me. But yeah, I uh, who knows, you know it's, what? It, is, it's
1: not a risk. Yeah, anybody needs <laughs> to take. Yeah,
0: you don't need to be down there, no. uh, and so. But I I get so obsessed with making something. I don't. I'm maybe not thinking of the danger possibilities I'm all about getting the shot and I just go for it. And it worked out. So then it got to we, we shot like 3 hours of usable footage, which is a way too much you would need for a music video ever. So then it got to my editor uh Bobby Hewitt who's fucking the best and it came back first edit was amazing then the second then it was finished. We I I knew that we had made something that was fucking great. Like I was like, "Oh my god." It, fucking did it because that's when the it's goal. It's a descent
1: into <laughs> fucking insanity. It's and I think good. It's what makes it an even more frightening descent into insanity is that watching it, I feel like pretty much everybody that watches it goes like, "Oh, I could
0: do that." <laughs> They could be, they could that be, could be me. You could be the, could be the homeless person. Yeah. It's just fu- yeah. yeah. The, well, us, because we have that in us. But well, that's, yeah. I don't know if everyone <laughs> thinks they could be that character. I <laughs> no, okay. okay. But it was idea of, like, that to me made sense that there's definitely people that have chosen that situation and it's their freedom of just, like, fuck it. Yeah. Get money, get high, I don't give a fuck if I live or die. Like, I, told, I have that in me. I get that character. A, one, that at character. a certain
1: point, once you, like, really see behind the veil... Yeah, especially after the the trauma, kind of bringing it back with that. Yeah, like once you see behind that veil of that trauma, yeah, you're like oh, this is so finite and so delicate, and we're these delicate little creatures, and you yes. can't go back from that.
0: Sanity, yeah. And anyone, my dad used to say this: anyone's two steps away from insanity. Oh, absolutely. Something can happen, and you might, you know, your life could be changed forever. And so
1: to dip your toe into that and kind of experience it in a more, a bit of a more controlled setting.
0: So, definitely- so I don't necessarily I'm not smart enough to know what I'm doing is cathartically healing me like on an intellectual level at the time. I wasn't that I was doing it because I was afraid I was going to be that. I didn't know that it was like actually part of me healing myself. So years later, I was in I was in a movie called Dog Eat Dog that was uh, directed by Paul Schrader. Now, Paul Schrader, legendary filmmaker. He wrote uh, Taxi Driver, Raging Bull. He's done a huge body of work. So at the film premiere, there was a Q&A, and someone asked him why he wrote the character Travis Bickle from Taxi Driver. And he said, if I didn't write the character, I would have become him. Yeah. And I was like, fuck.
1: And do you think, like, that, holy do you shit. think that he knew that while he was writing it? Or do you think that that kind of came out. Afterwards. I think he as I think yeah. as an older artist he yeah. figured that out. It like came why was necessity doing that. and he yeah. was being present and he was being creative so that he didn't lose his fucking mind.
0: Yeah, and that guy lived a life. Yeah. You have to live a life <laughs> to write that
1: fucking character. <laughs> like to write to have his body of work. You can't be no. some milk toast motherfucker no. and have Paul Schrader's body of work.
0: You've yeah. had some life experiences. Yeah. So that to me made it gave me a deeper understanding of what the fuck I'm doing. Like oh, wow, I'm actually cathartically kind of healing myself so I can function. And then it helps. So if you're out there, as I get people that they said they were inspired by the videos and this and that and what is this. So that's where all that comes from. And if you're someone that is a, as a creative person or you don't even have to be a creative person, you've had some traumatic stuff, you could then use that through painting, writing, Making a sculpture, whatever the heck it is, you're afraid of. This is a way that we, as humans, we can help heal ourselves, and then you turning something a nightmare into something really positive. And that experience for me. So, the night before, I was like trying to upload the video. I was having problems with it for some reason, and so I was up all night. Finally, I uploaded. I had like three hours of sleep, and I woke up to my phone just like it was. It was amazing. Like it was. Uh, Jeffrey, people were loving Jeffrey, it. Jeff, are you okay? <laughs> well, no, people loved it. okay? <laughs> people were sharing it. I was getting notifications, like people leaving comments on it and stuff. It was, it was beautiful. I was like, wow, I really made something cool. And uh, so then Billy Morrison, who I'd met a few times, I didn't know really well at the time, but uh, he saw the music video and then he wrote a blog post about it. And then I, I, I saw it and I read it. He said, the most outrageous, uh, wrong, socially unacceptable video I've ever seen that makes it utter genius. And I, I remember reading that and thinking like, because when I was a stand-up comic doing stuff and I wasn't sober, I would do, I would I'd perform and then people would want to come up to me afterwards and be like, oh, that was great. You know, normal stuff that a person would do. But I had so much self-hatred and such, didn't have a self-esteem that I could really take a compliment and uh, which is ridiculous. Oof. So I got sober, I did all this work, I went through all this trauma and, and I was able to Give and receive love. So I remember reading that, and I remember I had tears in my eyes, not because I was like, I had tears of joy that like, wow, I'm, I, this isn't freaking me out. And I almost missed this. I almost fucking ended my life. I almost fucking said fuck it. But I went through this whole process, and I was able to make something that kind of helped me heal myself from a, a nightmare life experience. And uh then from that I uh a bunch of cool stuff happened, a bunch of funny stuff happened. Uh, I got to meet a bunch of cool people. I remember I got to meet Ozzy Osbourne through uh Billy. I uh I and I already had had some funny experiences before that. I had I had Mike Tyson at a uh f- guy showed him the Balls music video and he's dancing to it like this is the jam. Yo, I love Balls. <laughs> Hell yeah. Fucking amazing. Oh fuck, I'm sorry Mike. <laughs> he's Mike Tyson is the fucking the best one of my he's heroes. So have like champ, someone as a hero he's scary as hell. Yeah, he is. And he's the sweetest, most intelligent person. Fucking. Amazing. Oh, I'm sure. And then, uh, like Dave Navarro was singing balls to me. Like, these are like <laughs> when, as a joke, you know, like, like the, the fact that like one of your, your, your heroes as a kid, <laughs> like you're a fan. And then the, the fact that they are like your, it was really cool experience. Uh, hey, Jordy Jeff, showed me, Jeff, a, I love your balls. <laughs> Jordy showed me a text from, uh, Marilyn Manson that he goes, I wanted to hate it, but it's just so fucking awesome, which was cool. And then, uh, so I got to it was a fucking amazing, as a a creative person, to make anything that any people have had, any kind of success or you've liked or into it, is probably one of the coolest experiences. I got to go to Charlie Sheen's house, which was hilarious. A friend of mine took me over there. And uh, the goal was hopefully he would like maybe tweet it or something so it could get like a bigger audience. And I remember going there. like a, for a football game, and I and I don't feel normally comfortable in any s- situation anyway. So I'm sitting there. Uh, he, my friend Rob uh, took me over there, showed it to the manager Bob, who's fucking a great guy. Uh, he loved the video. He's like, he's like, can I show this to Charlie? I'm like, fuck yeah, dude. Like I'm trying to act like I'm cool, but no, I'm really not. No, absolutely not. not. Yeah, do no. not fucking <laughs> show this to Charlie. do want to see. And this was during. The- show it to everybody, but Charlie. <laughs> exactly. This was during like the whole entire. Uh, madness where he had such a huge... The, I think it was during the tiger blood stuff that probably happened. The, he was in anger management. He had a huge Twitter thing going on. And uh, what a weird... Just to be over there at that time, just for a moment, was was entertaining. So uh, they go in there, and they, I'm sitting outside, and they, they go in the kitchen. They show him. He busts out the door, and he's like, where did you learn how to move like that, man? <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's fucking epic, man. Like, he was just fucking... Uh, you know, all about it. Like, like who like thought I was already some huge person? How are you not known of me? Uh, he's like, I should give you money or something to make a video or, you know, sure. something. I'm like, yes. And uh, sadly, it didn't ever. I, I wrote it. I had a song called The Jumpsuit Man. I had a music video that I wanted to do for that. It was going to cost me a little bit of money. And sadly, it didn't happen. But so. That's a legally binding contract. Him, Charlie, she owes yeah, you money. He doesn't remember. He doesn't remember him even being there. Doesn't matter. Yeah. So then. <laughs> So then there was a moment where, then they I was sitting down trying to act cool like they're gonna put together. They asked my permission if they could tweet it, and I'm like, "Holy shit!" Like I was like, "This is gonna, this is gonna be great. It's gonna end up going like viral. Hopefully, I'll be able to make all these other songs and videos and all this stuff, you know." So I sit down. I'm trying to act like I'm. This is totally cool. Like I'm watching the football game the whole time, just holding onto my phone, like just hoping it just starts fucking like you know starts going. Bring, ring, ring. So, I hear he is texting my uh, video, The Good Life, to all these different people there at the thing. So, I keep hearing like this, the people pick their phone up, and I hear like my song starting. And I was like, oh my God, this is hilarious. And I'm just trying to act like I'm totally normal and cool, and I, I'm okay hanging out with whatever crowd. So, that's going on. And then they tweet the music video, and then the whole, my phone just starts going fucking crazy with people retweeting and so, whatever. And so, and I was like, okay, I gotta, I gotta thank him. I, I, I'll, just, I'll go to the bathroom, fucking get myself collected, you know, wash my hands, like, oh my God, this is so amazing. Just don't act like an idiot. Don't say anything stupid. Uh, so then I was like, you know, so, so I go out there and I go, I really wanna thank you. This is a big deal for me that you tweeted that, you know, and he was like, oh man, you're fucking epic. It's great. But, you know, That was all wonderful. So then I got invited to go, I think, a week or two weeks later to his, uh, like a super, it was maybe a Super Bowl party or a championship party. I can't remember what what was going on. But then he never even came down. He was just up in his room, I guess, just in the bathroom, probably just smoking away. Yeah, just (laughs) banging rocks. Fucking yeah. See, I would have loved if he was
1: sending it around to all the people that are at the party be like just texting them and letting them know like yeah it's that guy on that couch right over there isn't this great but doesn't clue them into the fact that you're (laughs) not actually that's a character and that you're not actually that's like yeah man i just i saw his video i saw him taking a shit on top of my friend's apartment building and i was like come on down for a football party that's
0: right well i didn't look that home but it was they were sending the good life video i mean the cock that heals which is a little bit different he was fascinated with that Okay, so now that happened. <laughs> That's uh, then like other people tweeted it. Uh, Steve-O had been in uh, the Balls music video. We'd done some videos. He tweeted it, which was fucking so cool of him. Russell Brand tweeted it. I got to meet him, the producer on a show, Jennifer uh, Jennifer Holliday, who's fucking amazing, who uh, got him, introduced me to him, and then he tweeted it. Uh, Jennifer ended up show, becoming producing a feature film with Bernard Rose, who did Candyman, Immortal Beloved, uh, Mr. Nice, Paper House. He's done some fucking amazing movies. Brilliant filmmaker. Uh, and let me I got to play a lead in the film. I got to play uh, a lead in the movie, Frankenstein, which was a really big deal for me. So all that came from that music video. Uh, I, I've had moments of, of being a, a working actor. I've, I've had glimpses and moments. Tommy Lee fucking tweeted the music video, which was amazing. I was a kid going to see Motley Crue. Uh, Corey Taylor tweeted it. Um, It was fucking uh, an amazing experience, you know, all of that. But all of that coming from a tragic thing, facing my fear, participating in in this creative thing, helped me probably get to the other side of it. So I went through, I don't have all the symptoms I had. So I had it for a couple years, like the PTSD. And then I would have... I still have like occasionally I'll have the the the, tr- the the trauma loop going through. I don't have anxiety attacks all day long. Sometimes I'll have like a really intense stream. I've I've worked really hard with doing the meditation with all of the the stuff to help you know fix my brain. And I'm still a little off from it, but it's definitely I um uh, I did a radio show. I did a, a a radio show for the David Lynch Foundation, so I was able to, to learn how to do uh their meditation uh, which was. Uh, fucking brilliant. What's that meditation called? I can't even think of it right now. You get a mantra. My mind just went blank. Shambhala? The David Lynch Foundation. I can't think of it. So my mind's racing of a million things to say. Uh, my friend Dave Kushner, who was in Velvet Revolver, who's been uh, like a mentor, a really amazing guy, the fucking best. Like he'd shown it to like Slash and Duff. And it was like amazing. He showed it to uh, Chester um, from Lincoln Park. He showed me a text that uh, Chester responded that it was one of the uh, top three music videos ever made. What
1: the fuck are the other two? <laughs> uh,
0: uh, with, take, uh, me, take me home. No, he, he, uh, for him it was uh, Window Liquor from Oh Apex, Ape- Twin? Apex Twins. Oh, and then, like, dude. Red Hat Chili Peppers Under the Bridge. For him, this was his yeah, favorite yeah. music videos. It's not But I did I did meet him briefly. I don't think he I you know then after that, not that long after he'd taken his own life, which is unbelievably tragic. But um, I think we covered, I think I covered everything. If you have questions about the good life or something I missed, just uh, message me on social media. I will answer anything you want to know. That music video really uh, helped me get a uh, launch into doing legitimate acting jobs. Um, I met, uh, from that I met Lee Miles, who's a, brilliant music producer. He uh, produced Jumpsuit Man track. We did a song called Molitude. We record a bunch of other songs that I haven't made into videos yet. So hit the Patreon. Send me money so I can make more videos. Anyway.
1: All he wants to do is make you laugh (laughs) and make you happy.
0: Telethon. Call in now.
1: All right, everybody. You heard it here first. (laughs) Go on down to Patreon. Check out the music videos. Shut the fuck up and give us your money. Okay.
0: Send in money so I can make more. Give me money. Yeah, i got to make "Silicone Wave. That's going to be an unbelievably amazing music video. Okay, so I got asked to do a live performance, uh, comedian Jason Rouse, uh, for the Good Life character, which was a, a really fun experience. We did a show at the Improv. Got all these different comedians. Uh, so the, the thing we did was I had a, at the end of the show, there was a guy doing magic tricks. And then we had a DJ. And so this other friend of mine, Tino, who's like a, a legitimate actor, I had him. We're both as homeless people. And like, as you drive up to the improv, like a, couple, like a block, two blocks away, we were out on the street like crazy people in the shopping cart yelling at people, doing all sorts of madness. So when people are driving up to see the show, they're just like, what the fuck is that all about? <laughs> kind of creating the tension. So packed, sold-out show. Um... So they go through the, the whole thing and then we sneak in there about towards the end. Then it comes up, now it's our time, the guy's doing the magic tricks. Tino breaks into the uh, the fucking showroom, starts aggressively heckling the, the guy doing magic tricks. Like it's just really intense, really awkward, pulls a knife out on the DJ and says, If you don't fucking play this, I'm gonna fucking end your life. <laughs> you know, really intense. He takes <laughs> takes the CD. <laughs> Starts playing the playing the good life. So, once the song starts, I fucking bust in the showroom with my shopping cart <laughs> into the, okay. dude. It is like people are like, "What the fuck is going on?" I fucking go right up to the stage. I take the microphone. I fucking I hit the his cards out of his hand and throw them on the ground. Take the microphone and I do the I do the first verse over the top of the tables. I go over the top of the tables, out into the fucking crowd, sit doing the fucking good life. I come back, I pull out my fucking meth pipe, I fucking take a nice fucking hit off the meth pipe, go back out in the audience, and I'm fucking throwing oranges. people went fucking crazy. like and then I left the showroom when the song was done, and the whole place went fucking nuts. it was it was really. It was so much fun. It was like fucking, it was hilarious. And that's the only time I performed that live as, in character as the homeless guy. And it was a very fun evening. And
1: See, I tell you, this is why we don't want to fund mental health care because you could never have this level of hilarity if we had proper mental health care facilities.
0: Well, they should give me mental health. They should give me resources to deal with my trauma and I can make it into something wonderful
1: and you took those resources and you still made it into something wonderful.
0: That's right. Yeah. But well, I didn't have any resources. The whole video maybe cost $1,200. And so many people participated.
1: It cost so little. Yeah, I mean, it was, was a lot house. of
0: money. It was a lot of money for me, <laughs> but uh, it, it was an amazing life experience and so many f- people made that happen. Uh, it was fucking incredible, man all the people that showed up and participated in all of my videos, all of my creative projects there, I, it's the fucking greatest thing ever. And, um, thank you all. You know what I mean? That's what we need more of. So that is, we did it. We got it. We, we did like behind the music video, I guess, the segment for today's show. Um, I really, again, have to tell you how awesome it is. The messages you guys send, I love it. It's it's great that people are even listening to, watching this, uh, go on the um, when you're when you're leaving the message is great. Leave a review and uh, rate it on on Apple. That's helpful. Uh, leaving the comments is helpful. I need to have engagement. We're at a grassroots program. You know, this is a multi level network marketing opportunity. You need to recruit five of your friends. You gotta get five of your those friends to to make this happen, folks.
1: The only way that we're gonna make <laughs> money, you won't make money. It's a reverse pyramid, so it's a yeah. funnel. It funnels down. Well, all the you money get to right be right
0: cool to because the thing is, you're introducing someone to you're introducing them to something. Uh, like you're the person that would like turn them on to something cool.
1: You are then the tastemaker. You are your group the tastemaker. I, I can I can say this yep. with absolute authenticity. Every single time I show somebody one of your videos, whether it's multitude, we were hanging out with the dude uh, a couple nights ago, actually, when I got this oh, nice. awesome backyard tattoo, <laughs> <laughs> uh, and he had a mullet, and nice. uh, we're drinking it about like midnight, just after midnight, and I'm like, bro, 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 you gotta check this out, you're gonna love this, and I showed him multitude, and he lost his fucking mind.
0: Oh, loved nice. it Gave but that's
1: the thing dude show people the cock that heals show people the good life show people balls show people multitude you will be the new cool tastemaker in your group or yeah. your group will tell you to fuck off yeah but in that show case them the
0: dry humping peeping tom yeah like in that case exists. if your group
1: tells you to fuck off because they show you, you show them one of these hilarious videos um they're, not, they're the, people you don't want to be around. And your group of friends fucking sucks. So they're dangerous. They're sociopaths.
0: <laughs> yeah. If you have a sense of humor, you don't get humor, you don't have appreciation for humor, you're not a human. A you're part sense. alien. You're, I, a, you're a demon from hell.
1: Congratulations. If you don't laugh at that, you're a fucking robot. You're and we don't trust demon. robots.
0: No, you're not real. A
1: common sense and a sense of humor are inextricably tied. If so. your
0: whole life is virtue signaling and outrage, just know we're watching, and we know you're a demon from hell, and you will be burned on a stake. We know where you live. Tommy, I met Tommy, uh, Corey Park's birthday. Yeah.
1: With, uh, with, with Lenny. Lemmy at the,
0: yeah, that, that was, that was, a, was awesome. That was a good night. Yeah. yeah at the rainbow. <laughs> I was trying, trying to think about that I recall. Like, yes, we met, you're right. You wrote a book or you were writing a book or something. Uh,
1: I was editing a lot of books at the time. I editing a lot of books. Yeah.
0: Tommy's a very talented, uh, well-educated, uh, Talented musician, talented writer. What are you working on right now?
1: Um, I'm doing. So I got a uh, short that I'm acting in coming up. I got a feature, hopefully, that I'm acting in coming up. Um, the bulk of my time right now is going into my my uh, my two bands. So it's uh, Paradise Vultures, where I write all the music and lyrics, and we talk about things yes. like the new record that we are uh, getting ready to start releasing singles for. Uh, it's all about suicidal ideation call it dance songs about suicide. So it's like fucking mental health week hitting that middle ground between ABBA and Zappa and talking about, you know, singing, uh, singing about topics that I don't feel comfortable talking about um, and kind of uh, you know, exercising those demons that way and giving them through that creativity of what you were talking about through the create, the the creative outlets giving them, uh, they get a lot less power. And you can take that and use it as fuel for creativity. You know, had some gnarly shit happen last year and, you know, I watched the woman who raised me pass away in front of me in my arms. And that was one of the last things she said. I know, really bringing it, bringing the energy up. <laughs> but no, was, no,
0: it's just like, oh, God, that's heartbreaking.
1: And one of the last things you, so I was, you know, really connecting with you on what you were talking about um, earlier. And that was one of the last things she says was, she said to me, was, use it, use it. Use it as Like use it as fuel. Use it as use this as creative fuel, and I fucking did. And we made a record last, uh, or we finished it early this year, and it's mixed and ready to go. So we're gonna start rolling out singles for it.
0: Nice. Yeah. I have a my I have a friend Zach Webb. His father uh, passed away, and he did an album. It is one of the most beautiful. It is so I I'm gonna, and I'm gonna do proper interviews. We'll have you in yeah. and when you when it puts out, and we'll do like a full on the whole thing. Yeah, which so is we'll, we'll go into detail. We'll I go into love detail that. Yeah. I mean, so this what this show will involve involve into is talking to other creative people, find out their whole world, how they became what they who they are, why they do what they do, and how they make stuff. So, I know for myself, uh, listening to long form podcast, uh, I was fr- friends with Mark Marin. He used to come down to the stand-up room that I had, uh, and I remember when he first started doing his podcast. But it was fascinating to hear all these people's stories of how they became who they were, which I'm I'm always fascinated with. The creative person is like where they came from, how they got into what they were doing, and why they do it. And I think if you're listening or, or what have you, or you do whatever, I mean, everyone's doing something. They have They have to give themselves. They have to go to work, and they have to show up, and maybe they're not... Maybe they're an artist. Like they cut hair or something. I don't fucking know. But I know f- for myself, I love hearing stories about what people have done because no one gets out of here without a lot of fucking weird situations. And what are you going to do with that? Are you going to react to it? Are you going to respond to it? Yeah. What are you going to make Ooh. from it? Ooh. Ooh. that like, like Ooh. I'm Victor some- Frankl. <laughs> yeah. Is that right? Yeah. yeah. Hell yeah. yeah. That's where I got that <laughs> from, yeah. I'm sure. I, I, dude, I- that, that guy's fucking great. Like meaning having some kind of meaning behind what you're doing and you got to be
1: creative. You have to have a creative outlet. Humans are, I, th- I think it's, uh, it's, it's so important to our mental health to have and really any creative outlet. I don't care. It doesn't need to be creativity. Doesn't need to be a vocation. It's, it's not like, Oh, I, I can only, I, you know, I, I can't, I can't write music cause I am not a professional musician. Fuck that. You know, if you, I've
0: done a lot of songs. Yeah. And, uh, like in
1: just create, Create, don't edit yourself yeah. before you create. Just get it all out there and, you know, you got to get a lot of shit out there. The other band is, uh, just to wrap this up quickly, yes. the other band is, um, so I had Paradise Vultures. on the uh, co-writer, co-songwriter, lead singer, and the bassist. Um, and then my other band is called Mattis, and I play drums, one of the songwriters. Uh, we just released a single, fuck, two weeks ago, a video last week. Um, so Paradise Vultures is at Paradise Vultures on Instagram, and Mattis is at Mattis Magic. Fuck, I don't know.
0: Well, I put links on the yeah, video. There will be
1: links down below, but yeah. So. But
0: follow Tommy. Check out his stuff. He's a fucking awesome dude. I thank you again and again uh, for uh, paying attention to my creative nonsense. Uh, you're fantastic. I think I did it right. With this is with uh, yeah. it. Val-
1: thing? your 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 attention being paid to our creative ridiculousness um validates our broken brains it makes us happy it makes you happy it makes us happy
0: i don't know what's going on oh nope. i forgot no about stacy ah. again the co the uh, my uh, the star of the silicone wave back there just getting ready for her fucking big debut thank you all i said good day sir Good night. Good afternoon. I hope your exercise went well on the hike today. I hope trimming weed in that fucking place you're at. I hope you're fucking knocked it out. Got a bunch of fucking... Don't fuck around, man. You got to stay on target to make money. You got to put nuggets in the bucket. Pounds per minute. Pounds per minute. (laughs) Nuggets in the bucket. Nuggets in the bucket. Yeah. I hope everything... The drive, you're in traffic. I hope everything is... You're having a wonderful day. And, and fucking get out there and finger bang your day. Give your day a multiple orgasm. Get out there, folks. You can do it. Thank you so much. Good night. Good afternoon. We already covered that. All right, bud.